Hello, and welcome to this episode of the Reset Podcast. I'm your host, Lauren Mignot, and this is part of my 29 Days of Magic series, where I interview an amazing Black woman a day for the entire month of February for Black History Month. Uh, I am beyond excited to have Donna Smith-Bellinger, who's the founder of DS Bellinger Consulting and a sales manager on demand. We're going to talk about her incredible story. Uh, it's going to be a great conversation. Take a listen. Hey, Donna. Hey there, Ms. Laura. How are you? Well, you know, just looking out the window and looking at the snow because it's snowing here in New York. And it's snowing here in Chicago. It happens. Welcome to winter. Mm. So the way the podcast works is the first question is always the same. And I am excited to hear what your answer is going to be for this one. So Donna, what was your first job? Oh, mercy. Uh, <laughs> okay, so I'm going to move forward from Girl Scout cookies. And want. my first job actually in high school was selling magazine subscriptions over the telephone using a cold list. What? I know. <laughs> Who does uh, that? <laughs> but uh that was what I did. I was about 16 and they put me in a little room with people and I'd have a, a list of numbers, area code exchange, and then zero, 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 and then zero, 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 one. And I'd be, you know, hi, can I speak to the lady of the house, the man of the house, the whatever, what you doing? Da, 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 da. And I was a high performer in that office. At 16. At 16. I mean, it, the thing that I grasped very early about sales is your ego has nothing to do with it. If you can't have fun with it, don't even, you know, right, play with certain things. You know, if, if you're going into work every day and you hate what you're doing, if you can't find the humor in it, if it doesn't inspire you, like either you love it and you can't wait to get there or you hate it. So let's start our exit strategy. <laughs> <You know? laughs> yes. So that was the first job. And the reason I always ask this question, and the fun part about it, is that whatever the job people remember and recall uh, always correlates to what they're doing now. And you, Donna, are no different because you were selling then, you're selling now. Um, so how do we go from you know, cold calling, magazine subscriptions, to running your own firm where you're a sales manager and trainer on demand. Like what was that career journey like? That was a very interesting journey. Um, a very, very long time ago, um, having a child without being married was a stigma. And I gave birth to my first child during that time. After I had him, I was uh, disowned by my family. Threw me out of the house um, with $90 and the promise that no good man would ever want me and I'd be working the streets in six months. That was basically what they said. And um, I was ostracized by the family. So that I lost all of my family support with two strategic exceptions at the age of 18. I came from an upper middle class family, which meant that we had a housekeeper. And I went to private schools and I had been to Europe and all of those things. And now all of a sudden, 
I'm living in this itty bitty apartment in the basement of somebody's house. And um, during that time, I worked several different jobs. I mean, I had, I did factory work. I got out of that after the first case of pneumonia. I um, took a corporate position where I was uh, working in an accounting department, moved over into administration with the head honchos. And then um, eventually I fell into a position by going back to school. I, I went back to school for a technical uh, program and uh, I wanted to learn computer operations. The director of admission said, oh, but you tested for, you know, you tested so well, we want you to go into programming. I'm like, no, I, I, I've taken programming. No, thank you. I want to work with the machines. After a little back and forth, I simply said to him, you know, I'm so sorry I wasted your time. I'll just take me and my financial aid and go someplace else. And you have a wonderful day. And I'm like, all of what? 20. <laughs> okay. And um, that night I got a phone call from them saying, we would love to have you take that computer operations class, but we'd also like you to come to work for us because nobody tells us no like you did. <laughs> I was like, oh, if you want to hear no, I'm the girl. So <laughs> I love it. <laughs> so I went into this program and I worked uh, in admissions, financial aid, all the little things that I have to do with colleges. At the end of my eight month program, I made sure that my uh, father and my stepmother were in the front row. I moved people to put them in the front row. When they uh -oh. announced uh, <laughs> that I was going to be their first assistant director of admissions. Say word, after eight months. After eight months, I was their first assistant director of admissions. So now I'm working in the trade and technical school or what they used to call post-secondary education field. And, um, and you're 20. By that time, yeah, I was 21. But yeah, wow. absolutely. I stayed with them for, oh, I guess eight years or so. And uh, I was in a lot of rooms where nobody looked like me. At that particular point in time, uh, people of color were largely either in mechanics, uh, beauty, barber. Those are basically the three things that, that we showed up in heavily. Definitely not in tech. There were not even many women in tech. So I worked for a number of schools and eventually I shifted over into corporate sales for, again, training. And I also became a certified trainer in a number of things. Um, I learned early on that there are three reasons why someone will do business with you. Number one, you're the uh, professional. Number two, you're the expert. And number three, you're the listener. Those are three things that you have to really capture in order to become interesting and to show that you are interested. After being in uh, corporate sales for a while, I went and got baptized a second time because I just felt so slimy. And I started my own uh, tech firm. I co-founded it with a friend. He gave me 49% of the firm if I would handle sales and business development. I was like, okay, fine. And 
using my contacts and my reputation, we were able to get in with the city of Chicago. We were able to get into a number of schools. We even uh, ran all of the tech and the training for the Chicago Urban League for a period of time. We were having a really good time. But in doing that, I was starting to encounter the things that made me itch about corporate. Um, we were a certified minority business. And the final straw was when someone was signing a contract and they looked at me and they said, well, we've never done business with a minority firm before. And I smiled, that little plastic smile that some of us are aware of. And mm -hmm. I said, oh, it is the same as doing business with any other qualified firm. I just need two additional signatures here and here. And as I left that office, I was like, I'm out. And his partner, who never speaks to me, never speaks to me, caught me on the way out. He said, hey, Donna, if you could do anything in the world and money wasn't an option, what would you do? And without even thinking, my angels put the words in my mouth. All I want to do is travel and train. And I said, OK, booyah, that's it. Mm -hmm. And uh, within about two years, I was out of that business and starting this one part-time and then eventually full-time. And I concentrate my skills on helping people shorten their learning curve in sales so that no matter where they wind up, they will be able to keep their lights on and provide for the people who are important to them. Wow. Donna, that's a movie and a book and a Netflix series. <laughs> <laughs> who who's playing you in the movie like Jennifer Hudson like what like I mean oh my goodness wow yeah, so, that so that's the drill and and that's what it is the mission statement for my business and and if your listeners don't have one for their life or for their their business they should create one um mine was that the work that I do must affect more than the bottom line because it's not the transaction, it's the testimony. Wow, it's not the transaction, but it's testimony. Mm -hmm. Again, with the, with the words and the books and the... Um, yeah, well, I'm just saying, and, and so um, when I began to do the various things that I did, doors opened for me because people saw things in me that I didn't see in myself. Right. This was not, um, I wish I could say it was a goal-oriented, clearly thought-out career path. Um, maybe on some level, but the bottom line was, first of all, the first goal was I have to provide for my children at at least the level that I was raised in. I wouldn't settle for a, a step back. Right. You know, so they did the private schools and, and my daughter went to Europe and, and you know, all, I mean, those things that needed to happen for me, they happen. You know, but again, on the other side, you know, work was its challenge. Private life was also its challenge. And as I shared with you, when we were in the virtual green room, I didn't get married until I was 51. And that was because I carried that baggage with me of the, the words that were said to me at 18. Right. You know, but um, you just have to be open. You just have to be open and uh, recognize opportunities for what they are. 
And if it looks like it's hard, the reward will probably be commensurate with that. You know, it's interesting, you know, it's funny that you you have that as your as your mission statement because and once you had that mission statement the clarity of purpose allows so many things to come your way because similarly with our company we had it for 10 years and it's probably only within the last hmm, four years that we've had like this very clear mission statement that we design experiences that people feel welcome you'll feel welcome when you walk through the doors and there are homes that you'll stay in the experience and tell all your friends and anytime I say to somebody like, oh, I get it. Can I come work with y'all? And because it, it is that testimony that the fact that you, what you build lets people want to, sh- to share that is the key for all of this. Uh, and so, and it's so very important. It is, it's not until you are um, in tune with your own values that you will begin to grow. Because if you take a look at the people that we follow, you know, those those success people or the big brands or or what have you, they all have a value system and they have a mission. And so they know what they're doing and why they are doing it. If all I wanted was money, I'd be back in corporate. Right. You know, but what I want, I had to admit it, Uh, I'm a control freak. I wanted to be in control. I am so alpha. And, and so, but I also want to be with people. I have to just keep meeting people and keep supporting people. And people uh, are my energy source. Yeah, same. So, you know, one of the things about having your own business is the hardest part is trying to do sales because you're doing everything else. You know, you're the, you're the janitor, the bookkeeper, the head of sales, head of project manager and everything, and everything in between, especially when it's a service-based business. What are some like maybe two or three tips that you would kind of give as advice for a small business owner, how to focus and be better at sales? Okay, the first thing I would give you is this. We don't know how to communicate our value in a succinct way. When we introduce ourselves, we go deeply into not just uh, what we do, but we go directly into the brand and how we do it. You don't buy that way. Why would you sell that way? I'll say it again. You don't buy that way. You buy because you have a challenge. Therefore, when you are getting ready to present yourself to whether it's a networking event or whatever it happens to be, you need to succinctly communicate your value. When I introduce myself in certain networking groups, one of my introductions, you got to have more than one because they're situational, but I'll say, my name is Donna Smith Bellinger. I am your sales manager on demand. What I do is help my clients to get more clients, to sell more to their existing clients, and to increase referrals. If your firm is challenged by any of this, I'd love to have a conversation with you. Clear and to the point. There it is, because they'll be able to see themselves in there. That's what I do. That's where I shine. The sales, the upsell or client retention and the referrals, that's it. Now, when you go to events, 
and you begin to do the obligatory exchange of contact information. Here's what you're listening for. Remember I said you have to listen. When you're speaking to these individuals, they're gonna fall into one of three categories. They are going to be either a suspect, you suspect that eventually you can do business with them, or they're going to be a prospect, someone you think you can close relatively quickly because they have an immediate need, or they will be an ambassador, someone who can't use your services but runs regularly into contact with people who do. So your people, you're going to mentally categorize them, suspect, prospect, ambassador. That will tell you how to conduct your follow-up meeting. And I'm just giving you a, a real quick, like Donna thing here. Um, when you make a follow-up call following an event, you know that there are four types of calls you're going to make. The first one is an introduction. Hey, we met. We didn't get a chance to really speak for a while. You know, for a long while, I'd love to know more about you. Or there's a reintroduction. It was so good to see you at that event. Haven't seen you for a while. Tell me what you're doing, because I know you don't know what I'm doing because it's changed. <laughs> yeah, wherever you were the last time they saw you, that's where you're at now. If you were working at Blockbuster at 17 and now you're 24, to them, you're still that kid at Blockbuster. Exactly. You have to reintroduce yourself to people. Just go through your phone and make some calls. The third type of a phone call is the appointment. Hi, Laura, it was a pleasure to see you at the event. And, you know, we said we were going to get in touch with each other. I wanted to find out when is a good time for me to get 15 minutes on your calendar. That's it. And you can leave that either face to face, you know, or ear to ear, or you can do it as a text or you can do it as a voicemail. But that's the appointment follow up. And then the third, especially good for ambassadors is the invitation. You know, Laura, when we met at that event, you said you were interested in meeting people who did X. I have an event I'm going to be attending in two weeks. I'd love for you to be my guest at that event. Are you interested? Perfect. That's it. Introduction, reintroduction, appointment, invitation. The next thing is um, you let the prospect run the conversation. No, you don't. Your time is valuable. So you wanna make sure that you move directly into pre-qualifying that person. Ask a couple of simple questions. How long have you had the challenge? What have you done to address the challenge? And if they're telling you that they've taken every YouTube video, every free workshop, whatever, that's not your person. Because you wanna get paid for your brilliance. Exactly. But if they say, you know, I've tried this kind of a consultant, I've paid for this, I've paid for that. Oh, ding, ding, ding. Now we want to make sure that we're able to sell our value without trying to sell our product. Because the objective when you have these conversations is you want them to say either, hey, how can we work together? That's exactly what I'm looking for. Or you want them to say, you know what? Not for me, but I have somebody I want you to meet. That's what you're looking for. And you'll notice that now you're not selling. You're servicing. So you're not sleazy. You're not scuzzy. You're not icky. You're not any of that stuff. You're moving through your zone of genius. You're conveying what your value is 
in a relationship, in a business relationship. And they're happy to hear from you. They're not going, oh God, they're going to come at me with this thing again. And believe me, I've known people for years that every time I see them, I'm like, oh, Jesus. (laughs) What are they peddling this time? And that's the difference between a peddler and a professional. Right. And you can have your own firm and everything else, but if you're peddling, we know what it looks like. So those are some basic things that I can offer. That's fantastic. Uh, Because I think, you know, for so many people, selling is like, I'm just not a salesperson in my schedule. And it's like, yeah, that's not what it is. It is relationship building. Like, you know, I always use myself as the example whereby like I used to be a project manager who never talked to clients. I was always behind the scenes managing developers. Anyone who knows me now goes, wait, what? How? You're not that person. I'm like, yeah, because I figured out how to connect, build those relationships and be transactional when it it needed to be, um, but also be giving out of information uh, and learning from people along the way and building those relationships. Like that's how you sell. Absolutely. And as a manager, you're still selling people. Yeah, you gotta you gotta get them to do what you want them to do. So like you gotta sell them as a why. Mm-hmm. And the why is not to kill themselves to make you a ton of money. Exactly. Nobody gets a job to kill their health and their relationships to make someone else's dreams come true. Exactly. So, you know, you've obviously had a really incredible career. Talk to me about a time when you were like, this is never going to work. And then it did. Oh, mercy. Um, I think that when I was doing little lightweight um, consulting, oh, way, way back in the day, and I was still, I was basically peddling. And I, when I realized that that's what it was and that I was killing myself delivering these little things that I was delivering, uh, whether it was appointment setting or whatever it was I was doing, I was like, this just doesn't make any sense. This doesn't make any sense. It's not enough money. How much money do I need? This is the amount of money I need. Fine. What do I have to sell? What is the value that I have that I can market at that? And when I made that decision, so deciding to work for yourself is not, you know, the golden ring. It's nope. not. Learning how to work for yourself. That's the, that's the deal. And you're not going to get it by assembling a bunch of free seminar Jenga pieces. That's not gonna get it for you. You must have people who specialize in the areas in which you need to grow. And you must be coachable. Frequently they say, oh, you need a mentor. I need a mentor. Donna, would you mentor me? No, I really won't. You have to earn the right for me to mentor you because if I am going to allow you to run around and say Donna Smith Bellinger is my mentor, you've got to be on your game. You have really got, because you've got my brand on your lips. Yep. So um, be very, very careful with things like that. 
And when you say that you are looking for a mentor, don't start out with what you can learn from them. Start out with how you want to um, transition from who you are to where you want to be and you feel you would benefit from their expertise. But tell them what you're going to be willing to put into this. I just got wisdom for days, Donna. Damn. <laughs> so, you know, obviously you run a great business um, and you do all this amazing work. What do you do for Donna? What do you do for your self-care? Oh, my self-care is really um, kind of cool. First of all, I have a PhD in naps. I love naps. naps. You have a PhD naps. in naps? <laughs> I'm just laying down and taking it. Oh, it's the most wonderful thing for me for self-care. I'm addicted to audibles and I have a little pillow speaker and I will just lay down and listen on, uh, I like mysteries and thrillers and murder stuff. And, and that's my thing because it has nothing to do with business. Right. Someplace else. Uh, also, I have this fabulous husband who, while he is still working, he is a science fiction author. He uh -huh. is an international award-winning science fiction author. Uh-huh. And uh, so we're always kicking things around. And I'm always watching, uh, you know, what he does. So there's so much with that. What I would love to be doing right now is what I said at the top of the conversation. I like to travel and train. I have served my clients from the cabins of cruise ships and hotel lobbies and all of those things. And uh, whenever this foolishness is over with, <laughs> yes, same. my intention is to have my business at a level where I will truly be just traveling, just traveling. And, and enjoying that and dragging uh, a couple of my grandchildren or great-grandchildren with me. I wanna show them what's possible because that's why I was challenged. I didn't have that family support and I didn't have anyone to show me the way. So I want to show them how to navigate beyond um, their zip code because life is all about choices. And I just want them to understand that they have many. Wow. It, again, Netflix books, series, and everything in between. <laughs> uh, and last question for you. Um, do you have a give or an ask of the audience? Okay, you're asking me if like I have an offer or something? Or yeah, well, give it a give the ask could be give, here's a great piece of advice or a great book to read and an ask, or it could be anything from like, check out this interesting program to I hope you take care of yourself. It can be anything you want. And it can either be both or it can be either one. Okay, well, quickly, I will simply say when you are in a particular situation, take a really good look at it, but don't change yourself, change the situation. If you're someplace that's very uncomfortable, change the situation, don't change you. Because there is a space for you, regardless to your talents or your interests. That's how new things come out every single day. Uh, you can follow me on Facebook. I have a Facebook group called Fearless Sales Conversations. 
Fearless Sales Conversations. And you can also find me on LinkedIn. Just search out Donna Smith Bellinger, and I would love to connect with people in your audience. Thank you so much, Donna. I mean, my goodness, you just are remarkable. Oh my gosh. I can just keep on chatting with you. Um, thank you so much for being part of uh, 29 Days of Magic. We will put all your details in the show notes to let folks know how they can connect with you. And yes, people connect with her because, oh my goodness, um, you're just a light of refreshing goodness. Thank you so very much. You're so kind, Laura. Thank you for inviting me. Absolutely. And this is our show.